This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted pride of West Wanham Podcast. And uh, it's actually quite exciting, this. We've gone live for the first time ever. We're sitting here in beautiful pub one over the eight pub just by the river uh, it's been a beautiful day it's been an absolutely beautiful day today and uh, we've been there sort of not all afternoon but latter end of the afternoon did a little bit of setting up popped down the road to go to a little film premiere which is very good all about west london and then we're back here again to talk about deadline day and it's actually been quite exciting as well um so we're going to crack on here this is, like i said this is the besotted pride of west london podcast and I know a lot of Brentford fans out there, they've been waiting for months to see if we can actually complete the jigsaw and sign a couple of players to give us a bit of creative flair. I mean, Dean Smith, he dropped a few hints. He said, I want a winger. Didn't turn up. But today we had a couple of little apples in the middle that were delivered to us. Just wondering, though, is anything else going to be dropped before 11 o'clock tonight? question mark maybe we know maybe we don't know but we'll talk about that listen i'm billy grant like i said i'm in one over the eight pub brilliant pub this pub here is on the site where brentford was formed just down the road the rowing pub if you don't know your history you need to know your history it's right there beautiful place come out in the sun I sit down there look at the boats go past we actually even got a boat from here down to fulham one time which is brilliant and we beat them 4-1 so uh, they got really upset that time as well I've got the characters in the house today we've got a bit of a full house today to the left of me i've got mr savvy b how are you doing I'm fine, thank you, Billy. I'm uh, quite um, happy today because uh, the premiere you were talking about was my film, which was on at Waterman's Art Centre, and uh, it was received very well. We had a lot of the people that were actually interviewed for the film come along, and uh, they all told me that we did them justice, which is all I'm ever after. And it is as well. And just to tie things in as well, Savvy's film was about people who live on the river, about the lightermen, the boat people who live on the river. We're on the river here now. It was at the Waterman's, which is in Brentford. So, and it was all West London. 
very, very much based in Richmond and, and, and Chiswick and Isleworth and all these places down there. So I actually felt very much at home. So did everybody else. But a good film that serve as well. I've got the Liberal, Nick, who is feeling pretty relaxed today. And it'd be interesting to see what his view is on certain people within the club today who have uh, brought a couple of little jewels into the mire. Um, Liberal, how are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I found my yellow tie, so I'm all ready and set to go tonight. Excellent. That's good to know as well. Mr Lady Lane, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I think, uh, I think it's been a, a, a fairly fruitful day for Brentford. Um, we were, we've been waiting for a couple of weeks for signings. I think everyone was getting a little bit anxious. I think um, people were getting worried that we would get through today without getting any signings in. Um, we have got a couple of deals over the line and um, uh, one of our better players signed up for a contract extension. So all in all, not bad, um, on top of whatever else we've done earlier in the summer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy boy. Good stuff. Got the Dutchman over in the corner here. The Dutch, how are you? I'm all right, thanks very much, Billy. Good to be back. You've been uh, on some summer duty, haven't you? I mean, you've not been around. Summer duty, doing those things that you need to do in the summer. Um, back for the Sheffield Wednesday game, which we'll talk about shortly, and very excited to be back involved with all things Brentford. Good stuff. And they've got the tactical man, the Allard here, who's, who's it's interesting. I wonder how he's going to actually explain how our team is going to be playing now that we've got a couple of players that we want, the Allard. Um, well, I guess we can save that for later, but I wouldn't expect many great, great changes if we've been playing the same way for the last three years. So, um, yeah, quite, 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 quite exciting to be doing this. I've done a little bit of live broadcasting before when um, I covered a sport and there were two screens one one was going live the other one was a slight delay and I was commentating on the slight delay so it sounded awful when I did that so hopefully no technical issues like that now Excellent, so listen where we're going now is that everyone forgets that last weekend we actually played Sheffield Wednesday they brought a load of fans down as well Sheffield Wednesday, good day out other than the result well, it kind of was a good result. It was kind of a bad result. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, actually. I mean, we were winning till the 92nd minute and they came back and scored an equaliser. A bit of a gutter. We pontificated a little bit. We were sad and we were happy. We were going to discuss it, but we thought instead, let's go back to listen to what the fans had to say after the match in the pub, both Brentford and Sheffield Wednesday fans. And then we'll come back and we'll discuss it afterwards. Well, I thought at half-time... If- well, about 40 minutes gone, we were under the cosh so much that if we reached out at half-time, I saw it be one of those games that we might break their hearts a little bit and the you know, second half come out and just edge it and maybe sneak a win. And that looked like it might happen for a long period of time. Very lucky goal, obviously. Uh, and, you know, when they score in the 91st minute, usually I'd be devastated. But I wasn't really upset when they scored. I thought, fucking fair enough. Obviously, I'd scored again, I would have been annoyed if it was 2-1, but it didn't happen. one all was all right, and I thought it's probably still an unfair result, but unfair in our favour. I know you, you've flown, and we've got bees coming from everywhere, and you've flown over from Copenhagen for this game today. Now, you, with this Scandinavian perspective, did it look any different, or was it equally as upsetting? Well, I'm very happy that Andreas Bjelland came on today. I was very pleased to see a... a the, the Danish flag in, in the crowd as well being waved around. It was, yes. it was fantastic for me. And and to top it all off, uh, Lasse Weber has scored the goal. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, a, so, it's, so it's all your fault? It's all my fault, yeah. Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, proper, a proper Danish day out, isn't it? I didn't think Brentford looked like we were going to score, to be honest, without the uh, mistake. But we didn't either, second half especially. Thought we should have been up at half-time, weren't. You know, 
typical Wednesday. We didn't take the chances in the first half and then had to battle back and, you know, in the end, it, you take anything you can get, but we should, we should have been out of sight in the first half. And that, that's the criminal point of it for us. As Wednesday fans, I think the start of the season, we had high hopes. We had really high hopes. And I think we're just realising that maybe those high hopes were a bit false. But we're still, we're still thinking playoffs. But I'll be dead honest, you're dead right. My face says it all. Yes, I'm disappointed. Yes, we got a last-minute goal, so I should be ecstatic. But there's just that disappointment there. But I just feel that I'm not saying we deserve the game. But if we'd have if we'd have dominated the game the way a, a team should have dominated the game, I feel we should have won that. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I felt today we seemed a long way away from Brentford at their pomp. We didn't look that impressive. I didn't think I. I came away a bit flat really unexcited during the game. Um, I thought Wednesday were far better than us um, throughout most of it. We got a goal, which was a very fortunate one, and I, 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 would, have loved, I would have loved for us to have held out, but we didn't. Um, I, 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 it's funny, because I thought we played OK last week, and we, we actually looked quite... Um, we, we foraged. We, we, we were kind what, of... Last week? Yeah, at Rotherham. I, I thought we, we attacked... Wednesday, but Wednesday are a better side, to be fair. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not, you know... But we, we, we looked like we were an attacking, adventurous team. Today, we looked like a really negative team who, who had nothing to offer. We had a lot to offer last week. I oh, know, we, we changed the game. We, we looked quite nervous about Wednesday, justifiably. We could have been three... So today reminded me of that Burnley game last year. They, they came down here and we were, they were free up at half-time. If they'd have taken their chances today, that, that could have been today. It wasn't. Bentley, Bentley was stunning. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, button who. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. Button's gone. Button's popped off. If we don't, and I'll say this now, if we don't get at least two players in, in this window... If we get a couple of injuries after the window, we're in, we're in quite big trouble because we haven't, we haven't got the strength in depth. If we don't get two players in this window, Mr Dave Lane, it's like some sort of prophetic sort of uh, thing. Crystal ball action for Dean. Pathetic or prophetic? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely pathetic. So we're at Sheffield Wednesday game. Bit disappointing, but bit elating. Sav? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I, I actually, well, I was there, obviously, but I watched it uh, on Beast Player again, the, the, whole, the whole thing. And what... Torture? <laughs> I, 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 no, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I prepare for these things. Yeah. And uh, what I noticed, which everyone seems to forget, is that the first 25 minutes, both teams were really, really crap. Yeah. Both of them. Very bad. Yeah, really bad. And then they took over the next 20 minutes to that half. They just pissed all over us, basically. Second half, first... Probably half an hour, 35 minutes. In fact, we we were really good. We looked good. They slowly came back into it. Normally, but actually, they came back into it, particularly when um, they made their substitutions. Particularly the uh, the fella from Watford who came on. Okay. For them, he was uh, he, he kind of changed the game. They, I mean, they took about five forwards on by then anyway, and they completely took over. And it was the Alamo, and we all know what happened, but. I think, you know, just making that point that the first 25 minutes, no one was good. It was a really, really rubbish performance for both sides. Liberal. I felt awful at the end of the game, actually. I couldn't work out whether that was heat stroke, having stood at the, uh, with the sun shining on my face for the two hours in the Ealing Road, or whether it was actually just the quality of the game that really did depress me. Um, 
I thought we struggled. Um, let's be honest about it. Sheffield Wednesday should have been three, four nil up by half time. Um, that chance that they missed, I didn't watch the entire game, but I did watch the 11 minute highlights that are on Sky Sports. And um, that, that miss from whatever his name is, the Sheffield Wednesday player, that, that, will go, that will go down as the miss of the season. Whether or not it was offside, I'm sure it wouldn't have been given. Other thing that really annoyed me is that Vibe's sending off. I mean, how, and for that, the Sheffield Wednesday can be annoyed with their players as well. I'm sure it was drummed into the players at the start of the season that dissent is going to be crapped on down by the referees. All the bookings, you know, both Vibe and the Sheffield Wednesday player who got sent off, the first bookings they have for dissent was just stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, you know, Lassie Vibe shouldn't have got sent off. The only plus side of that sending off was that brilliant YouTube clip of that, der- <laughs> of that deranged granny with a jest- jester's hat on who was, well, I can't even begin to say what she was saying at the referee. Either she was telling the referee to F off or she was telling Vibe to F off. Um, so uh, I, it was, it's, it's a piece of digital magic. You know, I will, we'll, we'll retweet that again so you can see it if you haven't seen it already. But, yeah, there's a, there's a close-up of uh, Vibe sort of looking really dis- disheartened about you know obviously getting us down to 10 men as well and then you've got this woman in the background going just go and do lally wearing a jester's hat as well that was better. I think it's um, I think the descent thing will be interesting because you know um, we can't actually hear what the players are screaming at the ref shouting at the ref so you know is, is you know was there more occasions of descent on the pitch during the game that weren't penalised um, I don't know. Um, and, and Nick, when you say you were disappointed, you're saying you were disappointed in Vibay for his dissent. Mm. Yeah, which, which if if it was as bad as the referee decided it was, is, is a well, fair well, point. Vibay's playing play the price for having such good English. If he was if he was a continental with a, with a heavy dialect, he, he may not have uh, may not have been sort of uh, interpreted by the ref. But his English is probably better than ours. That's it's interesting as well. Sorry, because we've got Ollie Jod that said that the, the lady who did uh, abuse whoever she abused actually definitely got her point across there, Nick. Yeah, I mean, you know, but actually, the, the, it wasn't so much verbal abuse. It was uh, it was the shaking of heads and the waving of hands and saying, "Ref, are you really serious about this?" But the point is, is that you know, players should be grown up enough to understand that you can't do that this season. And for the f- next three or four weeks, we're going to see players sent off every game because of that. What well, VB all should have done was just kick the ball up along the line like everyone else had done for the last twenty minutes. Um, couldn't really understand why he tried to take it past him in the first place. And it was my first game of the season, but it wasn't their first game of the season. I was a little underwhelmed. Um, thought some of the things I'd read about didn't quite come to fruition there. Some of the players I'd read promising reports about didn't have their best games. But obviously, you know, it, it is early days. Very impressed with the keeper. Uh, thought he looked good. Very impressed with Hogan's movement. We've got to make sure that we use that. Um, thought Woods had a blinder as well. A uh, little disappointed with McLeod. I understand that's probably his poorest performance so far and that he's been good to date. Um, but yeah, it, it looked like an early season game where actually it's our fourth or fifth and we probably should be starting to push forward now. Um, and, and, in, and interesting as well, because I'm saying Wednesday, when we talked a lot about Brentford, but we played Wednesday and uh, they've obviously come off the back of a, a tremendous run last season. They went to Wembley. They got to Wembley. They thought they were going to win. There's all sorts of singing and everything like that. And they're like, oh no, we've lost. And they came back, and uh, we talked about the fact that they might have suffered a bit of a hangover. Um, some teams seem to be able to get over that sort of losing at Wembley thing, and other teams don't. Uh, are Wednesday, are they that good? Or uh, Somebody said that they thought they might have lost their moment. 
they looked pretty dangerous from where I was stood in the in the, in the sweltering heat. Yeah, I mean, I, I said in the in the package just a minute ago, it reminded me of the uh, the Burnley game last year where they went three 0 up. I think for what for, for, for if there was better finishing, we they, they could have been really outside and rubbed it in. The, every time they miss one, it seemed to they they seem to lose a little bit more belief. Um, but in the end, I think it was our least creative display of the season so far. Not that the others have been amazingly creative, but we didn't really, we didn't really create anything. Um, and my, my, I was relieved in the end to hear the final whistle. I thought, I thought they could have gone on and actually won it, and that would have been from going from thinking we could have got an unjustifiable three points to getting none would have been. I think it would have been quite damaging. I think, I think um, the point really was that. Um, you, I've seen Sheffield Wednesday possibly turned, maybe turned their season around with that, with that equaliser. I mean, I, I kind of see them. I don't see them as being a, a team that you know that don't do well in the playoffs and then end up in the, having a relegation battle the following year. I see them more as potentially where we are last time we, where we were last time we lost in the playoff final um, to Yeovil, and then the following season we had a stodgy start to the season and it wasn't, you know, we started getting it going into October, November, etc., and we started picking up form. So I kind of think that may be their case whether they're good enough to be in the top two though I'm not certain not certain at all so look we're going to move on a little bit because we need to talk about the big subjects of today which is transfer deadline day uh, but before we do that we're actually going to go and we're flipping this up a little bit I mean people who are regular listeners to the podcast may have noticed that we've started to put a few new features in there just to we've got a bit you know we've got a bit sort of kind of musical as well we've got a new feature called hang the bj it's a brand new feature where what we do is we talk to somebody anybody related to Brentford and we asked them to name the tune that most reliant of Brentford FC we spoke to a load of ex-players so far we spoke to Lloyd Owusu Carl Hutchins Marcus Gale and even the legend Bob the Kitman but now actually we just thought it's going to be the turn of the fans so we're going around the table here and we're going to find out from all the guys around the table there who their hang the BJ is and the first one up is the LR. So the LR, just, just give us a little note as to what your track is and what the reason that you chose it. I'm sorry, it's, it's madness. It's night boat to Cairo. Um, I, I do get emotional about football and I do get emotional about uh, music, but I, I've never really found the, the two have combined with Brentford. So this song reminds me of Brentford more because many, many years ago when there was talk about you know teams running out to songs, which is something I don't really even tune into. I, I think we might run out to hard file something at the moment, but I really don't know. Um, and um, and he many years ago suggested that Brentford should run out to night boat to Cairo, as the do do do, and then they run out. And that <laughs> I kind of thought that was funny. Um, and, and Dave listens to this, so so thanks, Dave. I always thought that was really funny, the idea of that. And whenever I hear night boat to Cairo, I always kind of think of a Brentford team running out to it.
Snipe out to Cairo there from uh, the Allard, who uh, wants it played on the, the system there. So uh, we'll see how that'll go. But look, we're going to get into the big business of the day. It's transfer deadline today, as we all know. Um, transfer deadline day today, which is not over till 11 o'clock, and that's why this show is going on till 11, because, well, we're hoping that maybe some might get a little surprise. You never know, you know what might happen or what might not happen. We've made a couple of signings today, but we're going to talk about what we have signed, what we haven't signed, and also what else is going around the league. We're going to be just talking about football in general, how the football seems to be going a little bit mental at the moment. Now, can we compete? Can't we compete? But, boys, let's just talk about transfer deadline day, first of all. The window is not shut yet, but we've made a couple of signings. I just want to turn around. I mean, I'm going to go around the table here. Are you happy with what's, what we've done so far? Uh, I'm, well, I have no idea who Kai Kai is and how good he is or, or anything. But uh, Rico Henry, I've seen play once against Brentford for Walsall in the same game that Sawyer's played. And we, I was looking out for them because I'd heard that, you know, they were two of the, two of the three I think that we were interested in. And I thought Sawyers was tidy, uh, played the ball about nicely, didn't really... You know, he was meant to be our judge replacement because judge was about to go off. And I thought he was just tidy, didn't look like a judge player to me, um, Sawyers. And, uh, but Rico Henry, I thought, ooh, he looks good. And he... Because he had uh, Sergei. He was Sergei Canos up against him. And he, he played really, really well. Sergei was on fire that day. And... Um, um, I think it's probably the last good game that he played for yeah. Walsall. I think he is, his eyes were elsewhere after that game. Right. Well, he, he, he looked really good. I mean, I'm excited by the prospect. Let's put it that way. Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's been a good day for Brentford because it looks like, and I'm touching wood here, is that we've held on to all our players as well. No, we haven't lost any of our uh, big names. Um, and we seem to have brought in a couple of decent players at the last minute. Um, I was getting worried that we weren't going to sign. I, I think we've probably signed Henry, although typical Brentford fashion, we won't see him until after Christmas because we signed him while injured. But I would say that Henry might not be our, might not have been signed as a traditional left back. But whether Dean Smith actually sees him pushing forward as as as, as a on the wing back on the left hand side, um, and the player in from Crystal Palace, I, I spoke briefly to a Crystal Palace um, mate who who knows a bit about them. Um, who, sa- who said that they ha- he hadn't seen much of him, but uh, he had a good reputation at Crystal Palace. Kai Kai, this is. So, let's see. Um, I think, as we all know, um, the, the fans that watch their teams week in, week out are normally good judges of character, and they're, they're good judges of players. Um, the, the fans that we've spoken to about Kai Kai have, have, have said positive things. Um, uh, we know that Walsall fans will probably even they've just slagged their own parents off every time they left the house, let alone a player leaving their football club. They're just they're just they're just miserable. But the the, the players Sawyer's and Sawyer's and Henry they 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 put a proper shift in for Walsall over the last few years, and um, you know they got they got dogs abuse after the playoff games. Um, I, I thought that Henry looked vulnerable in that game. I thought he looked like. Um, Boy amongst men in that in that playoff match, um, but he is he's young. So um, you know it's good that he's back with Dean Smith, uh, the manager. He's clearly got a lot of respect for judging from his early tweets and his messages. Um, you know I, 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 I'm I'm hoping for great things. He's clearly a, a very fast player. We were we there was a possibility of you know Cam McGeehan coming in as well. 
Um, that was that was his agent. I mean, it, it, there was no, it was it was not even on the cards. You know what I'm saying? But his agent had just made up a story, and it was floated out there, and all the journalists built on it. Uh, this is the, this is the player from Luton you're talking about, yeah? yeah player yeah. of Luton who previously Norwich. was at Norwich. Um, so you know, there, there, was, there was a few other there was a few other rumours circling around circling around um, with with Brentford attached. I think I think it still leaves us light up top. If I'm honest with you, I, I, I think we're we're a striker short. Um, I'm not, you know. I, I possibly was waiting for Hoffman to, to leave in this window, but we, we, so Hoffman's going to stay. We've got Vibay and we've got Hogan. Is is that enough if one of them gets injured? I, I'm still I'm still thinking we're one player short up top. Um, whether whether we can use um, someone from somewhere else, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think on paper those two look good. We don't really know that much about them. Um, again, like the others, Kai Kai, people I've spoken to say that he's good, but they don't know that much about him. But it's exactly what we thought we were going to get someone probably fast, young, pretty inexperienced, and you know, a bit of a gamble in the same way probably that Canos was and Yotta to some extent before him. So excited by that. Uh, Henry, again, you know, sounds good. He's, he seems he's progressed very fast, very quickly. I know that you know, Dean Smith at the time was adamant he was going to keep him at Warsaw and turn down some big offers from some you know, Premier some of the larger Premier teams at the time and said it would take a hell of a lot of money to, t- to prize them away so there's clearly so many rates and we ought to Man trust City. trust his judgement I think yeah, Man City were one of them and I think Arsenal were mentioned at some point if I've remembered that rightly but like Laney I think we're probably two players light I definitely agree with the forward I think we're one light up front um, with no real cover there at all and I still think a, a tougher harder ball winning midfielder um, is someone that we might come to regret not acquiring you know, as we get into the middle part of the season but in terms of the two we got today very pleased with those pleased with the extension of Woods um, and should silence a lot of the, the moans um, Riga Henry five year deal I think yeah um, that's that's quite interesting that's that's a that's a long deal um, and um, whether that's to keep him at Brentford for five years or more likely to make him a more valuable asset in two years' time, um, I think t- time will tell, and I would imagine that's what it will be. Well, um, again, it's interesting because it obviously shows how they may or may not rate him. Because mm. I remember a, a Tottenham uh, mate of mine about three or two or three years ago when we were talking about signing or whoever it may be these uh, these players that we had, and then all of a sudden they were gone after a year or two, and he said to me, "We sign all our players in five-year deals." And I went, oh, five-year deal? That's a long time." But you know, clubs seem to be getting to this idea where they're putting their money where their mouth is and putting up five-year deals for players that they really rate. You, 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 yeah, I mean, you've got to be pretty certain if you're offering a five-year deal. Um, so, you know, hopefully that will will reap the rewards of that. Um, Kai Kai, for me, if he's got a bit of pace and he's prepared to run at players with the ball, then all well and good. Um, um, you know, good for that. Um, I, I remain a bit nervous that, that we then are only one injury away from again not having any wide players with pace. So, um, you know, that's the only thing. And um, in terms of, you know, if he can play through the middle, then then he's another option, I guess. You know, for Dave, for, for Dave's issue with maybe not having enough strikers. Um, but of course, then that means again we haven't got anybody playing out wide with pace. So I, I, I still feel we're a player short there. I mean, and there were, there were other players that we've been linked with from time, you know, over this window or a couple of months back. There's Ollie Watkins from Exeter. You know, we talk about Jamie Forrester, who eventually went to Bristol City as well. Very, very highly linked with him. Um, Cam McGeegan wasn't happening, no, not at all. The Gaboli Ariebe from Chesterfield, which uh, interestingly he put in a transfer request as well today. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually leaves today or what's going to happen there. But you know, he was very, very, very heavily linked with us as well. And there was this uh, Christopher Lone deal from Arsenal so as well. So in a, I think Dean Smith was looking to get in three players. 
Uh, I think the, the, the left-back player, probably that obviously was on the card, so the left-back was going to come in and two forward players. Um, as we say, we think we're probably quite short as well, but we talk about Kai Kai. Now, Kai Kai as well, we, I mean, we've been talking about Kai Kai coming to Brentford probably for about six months now. We talked about it from just after Christmas as well. Um, he was meant to be talked on the podcast from there about Kai Kai coming on, and we've written a few articles about Kai Kai, whether he is, whether he's not. He was at Chesterfield last year, played very well at Chesterfield. He came back from Chesterfield in the window, and we thought, hmm, maybe we might get hold of him. So he came back to Palace for a couple of months, but then obviously he went back at loan to Chesterfield again. Um, very good player. We thought, you know, we could talk about him and we could pontificate, but instead of us chatting away, why don't we actually go and speak to somebody who actually knows a bit more about the player? So we're going to go and talk to Kevin Day, the comedian and uh, writer, comedian and all sorts. And he is going to talk about Kai Kai. He's from Five Year Plan Fanzine, Crystal Palace Fanzine. This is Kevin Day on Kai Kai. So deadline day today. And as you probably know, Brentford have signed a Premier League player. He's been on... The cast for quite a while, lots of rumours flying around for about six months. Sully Kai Kai, very good player from Crystal Palace. Wasn't happening, it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. He was even rumoured to have been in the Ipswich box last week by the Ipswich fans, but obviously that didn't happen. But instead, he's down at Griffin Park today, signing the contract he signed for Brentford. I've got on the line here, comedian and big Crystal Palace fan from the five-year plan fanzine, Kevin Hunter Day. Kevin, how you doing? I'm all right, mate, thank you. I haven't been called Kevin Hunter Day for a long time. I felt like I was in trouble then. That's really bizarre, yeah. <laughs> you, you were absolutely in trouble, mate, you know. And I've just heard that you're, you just come back from well, come back from Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was still recovering. I went up for a week. Um, I didn't do a show this year because my boy, my lad, was doing his first stand-up show then. I didn't really want to compete with him, but uh, <clears throat> I went up to see him and my missus was producing shows up there. But, um, and, his, yeah, his, his show was really good. Yeah, um, I've heard he's one of the hot, hottest acts in, on, on the fringe, isn't he? Yeah, well, funny enough, he, I, I would have to say that, partly because he's listening, but um, he, he is one of the hottest acts on the fringe, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and so I went to see him. He hadn't let me see him perform before, and I went to, but I went to see him in Edinburgh, and he's, he's really good, little bugger. He's a, he's a really good comic, but uh, the trouble is, I've, I felt like an old lion. I just felt like I'd been pushed out to the, 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 the you know, pit in the tree while I watched the young cub. Behave like I used to behave in Edinburgh 20 years ago. It's, everyone said, you must be really proud. I said, I'm furious. That's what I am. not proud. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. Yeah. Yeah, you knew that day had to come one day, though, to be fair, kid. Yeah, I know, but I've been putting it off. See, because I look so young, people don't realise how old I am, so I've been putting it off. <laughs> That's right. So listen, Sully Kai Kai, so we yeah. finally managed to nap him, and you're not overly happy about that, are you? Not that he's gone to Brentford, no. not. It's, I mean, he's gone to a good club. I'm not I'm disappointed that he's gone, to be perfectly honest, because he's, I mean, he's one of our young players that we've all been watching since he was, you know, 13, 14, he sort of came onto the radar. And, you know, Palace are a club that prides itself on, on bringing youngsters through. And, and he looked like one that would be getting into the first team on a regular basis this season. And funny enough, I was at the academy a few days ago talking to Gary Issett, who's the, the boss of all the age ranges, basically, and talking about what a good player he was and how he looked like he'd be the one because he'd been on the bench couple of times back in the last season, he was on the bench, I think, first game of this season. Um, and he looked like he was on the verge of breaking through. And, and he said, it's a shame that Pardew's... Uh, I mean, we've got good players. That's the trouble. I mean, we, when we've bought quality players like Remy in and, and, and Pecky, it's going to be harder for, for Sully to, to get in the team. But um, it is a shame because you always want to see your young players come through. And he's a really good young player. I mean, he's, he's, 
he's one of the best young players I've seen at Palace for a long time. Um, and I think you know, Pulis, even Pulis, played him as a sub a couple of times. And Pulis, you know, doesn't like picking kids normally, but I saw him. He scored for Newcastle against Newcastle in the League Cup last season or the season before. He's a he's a quality player. You've got a really good one there. Good. I mean, again, that makes us excited. I mean, I think it's probably quite good for him. I mean, I know he had an outstanding season at Shrewsbury last season. I think he was um, the, is it the young player. He might have been the player of the year as well. He was, about, yeah. Scored about 12 goals, I think, in 26 games, something like that. So, you know, but all the Shrewsbury fans, I mean, there was a rumour, like I said, because he came back to you for a couple of months around Christmas time. And that was the time I thought that Brentford actually were looking to possibly sign him around that time, came back to you, but then he went back again, didn't he? Yeah, he did because we thought he'd come back because we were. I mean, we had real trouble scoring at the back end of last season. We we thought he'd come back to be in the team, but I think I think because our run of bad form kept going, I think that was probably was reluctant to sort of throw him in. I think if we'd had a couple of wins and we were safe from relegation around March April time, I think Pardew would have played him a couple of times because he's he's. A, I mean, he's a Premier League player. There's no two ways about it, and he was very good at Shrewsbury. Um, but we we all thought, well, I certainly thought that it is sort of. His, his days of going out on loan to get experience were over, but as I say, it would be hard for him to get in the team. He scores a lot of goals, considering he's not an out-and-out striker as well. I mean, we've we never played him as an out-and-out striker. Shrewsbury played him as as a winger. He's, he's right-footed, but he tends to play on the left, so he does that sort of Townsend thing of cutting inside, which you'd think would be easy to defend against, but he's so strong and he's so quick. He, he's a real handful, and I think I think for Brentford, I think he'll be a really good player. And, and obviously, I suppose from his point of view, he wants to start every week. He's at, at he's you know he's a young boy. And I think at Brentford he will—he probably will start every week, and he'll—he'll he'll score goals for you, no doubt. I mean, he's got to look at. I mean, and it's probably quite a good move for him actually, because this is an area which we're really struggling in this season. You know, we pass the ball around, get 70% possession, but we haven't got that incision. Last season we had 30 canals. We've also lost Alan Judge, who's a yeah. that sort of kind of wide player. And for him, if he wants to actually get game time. You know, there's no better opportunity to come to. You know, we're doing all right. We're an established championship side. We play yeah, good yeah. football, good passing yeah. football, and we won't guarantee him playing every week. But the, the position that he's in, if he's, you know, if he's doing well and he's doing the business, then he'll be there on the pitch. You know, pretty much week in and week out. So for you guys, it's good. For us guys, it's good. Personally, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, I actually hope that he doesn't do that well, so that we can buy him at the end of the year. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, the, the thing is, I suppose, if, I mean, if we we look like we've stepped up a gear this season in terms of the quality of players we buy, and if that continues, then I think logically you would find it harder to get into our team, and therefore we may well be available for a club like Brentford. But the thing is, as well, it's interesting you talk about playing football because he, he's a good footballer, he's a good passer, but he's also, if you have to go direct, he's he's quick, you know what I mean? And he 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 will head for goal. I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he's just got he, he's got one tendency. He puts his head down and he goes for goal. He's got a really powerful shot on him as well. So he's he's a he's a, a quality player. There's no two ways about it. And I am I am a little bit disappointed that he's gone because he, as I say, you always want to see that sort of player come off the bench, especially because in the Premier League people don't know a lot about him. And sometimes that unknown quality is what you what you need. You know, just some of the last 10, 15 minutes he plays without fee. You can put him on, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely a good move for him. There's no two ways about it. Excellent. Well, you've made me very excited about going to our next game, good. which is away at Brighton in a couple of weeks' time. And, and also, oh, well, if, you want actually, yeah, if you want to see him, well, you never know, mate. You know, he might actually kind of turn the screw there. But if you ever want to come down and see him play, you know, you could just give us a buzz. You can come down and hang out with the Besotted crew, get you loads of beers before the game. And if you're lucky, you oh, actually might see some football. 
I would love to do that. Do you know what? It's it's um it's we had your cheeky side. We saw some football the second half at Palace on Saturday. Um, <laughs> if he if he scores against Brighton, I mean that would be he'd be a double legend if he scores for you against Brighton. That would be yeah. fantastic. He'll yeah, and and he'll be he'll be uh, keyed up for that game because I mean he's he's a born and bred Palace fan as well, so he knows how much Brighton that I hate it. So he'll he'll definitely be up for scoring in that one. Excellent, excellent. Um, Kevin, just last thing. I mean, obviously you're back from Edinburgh down in London. Any gigs coming up that the guys out there can go out and come see you playing at? Uh, off the top of my head, no. I've, I deliberately took uh, time off because I'm working and writing a new set. But uh, you can go and see my boy. He's, he's, he's changed his name. His name's Ed Knight now. So uh, clever, you see. Um, but yeah, Ed's doing loads of gigs post Edinburgh. So go and watch Ed Knight. Go and watch the future of comedy rather than the old man who's the past. <laughs> Okay, Richard, so check out Ed Knight. You can Google him. He's playing all over London. It's going to be the hottest thing, so get there early. Also, Kip, Dave, thanks very much for today. Check him out on five years of the as well. And also, good luck to Crystal Palace. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye, bye. So that was Kevin Day. Crystal Palace, the five-year plan fancy, and also comedian. His son's comedian. His wife writes comedy. He's all up in the comedy game as well and he's absolutely gutted that Kai Kai's coming to us which is uh, I could say is only a good thing guys um, which is all good but listen we're going to move on transfer deadline day like I said to you live and direct here um, BD Day is the hashtag here BD Day you can tweet you could do all sorts of stuff and we'll try and mention you we've got loads of things going on we've never done this live broadcasting before and it's amazing I mean it might be computers and we've got microphones and we've got speakers and we've got all sorts of stuff so uh, we did, and we've got beer as well so hey! so we're just Yay! trying to <laughs> just trying to concentrate and uh, make you think of it right it's been interesting like I said to you people said that this is actually the clearest podcast they've ever heard and it's, uh, it's actually live so uh Maybe we might have to do this every week. No, actually, it's too much for my heart to actually do it every week. But listen, we, listen, we're going back to Hang the BJ. Hang the BJ, like I said, a little musical interlude. We're going to flip over to Mr. Dave Lane as well now. Dave Lane's going to give us his Hang the BJ. Dave. Um, I'm assuming we're going to play the right clip. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, On My Way to Heaven by Above and Beyond. Um, a couple of years ago, when we, well, three years ago, when we got promoted from League One, um, the track is on my way to heaven, and there's a, there's a key there's a key line in it is I'm, I'm king of everything and nothing, and that's exactly how I felt that day. I felt I felt I was the king. I felt I was the top of the world. I thought that nothing any, nothing at all could surpass that moment. We've been waiting for that promotion for such a long time, and I, and I felt that we we were on our way to heaven. You know, and it sounds overly dramatic and. And, the, and the, the thing was, king of everything and nothing was really, although it felt brilliant, really it was only promotion out of League One. But I don't think any Brentford fan that day will ever, ever forget that moment. And the song's pretty euphoric anyway. Um, and I just, it was on loop for, well, it's been on loop pretty much ever since. And every time, every time I hear it, every time I run to it, every time I hear them play it live, I just, it takes me back to that, uh, that brilliant Preston post, post-game pitch half an hour. Brilliant. Laney's hang the BJ. I'm on my way to heaven I'm all
on my way to heaven. Laney's hang the BJ track. So, um, transfer deadline day. BD day, as we call it. Again, those are tweets on B2D day going down there. And, uh, I mean, Brentford uh, pulled in a couple of players, but, you know, you can't deny that we found it pretty difficult to pull in the players. Not, no criticism on anyone, but the thing is, it might be a criticism of our situation. You know, you look at us, you know, look what's happened to teams like Rotherham and all these other teams as well, where they've been struggling out there to go and pull in players. But we've at least managed to pull in a couple of players. And also, it's like some people might turn around and say it's quality, not quantity. So, you know, when you turn around and you've got like a proper hardcore Crystal Palace fan crying because we pulled in one of his players who he thought might be playing for their team, who have signed a couple of good players this season, you've got to keep your fingers crossed thinking that's, you know, that this is all good. The question that we have though, you know, how much competition have we got? Look at our competition. I mean, there's some madness going down in our league at the moment now. You look at what Newcastle and and all these other characters are doing out there. They're spending, you know, they're spending more money on one player, probably on his wage in a week, than we will do in our whole transfer for the whole of the season. Like, you know, so I know there's all these things that, you know, people start talking in riddles about we've got to do things better than everyone else and all that and all that and business that some people don't like. Listen, we're not saying, you know, and maybe it does sound all a little bit kind of wanky, you know, in those kind of words, because maybe that should be more in sort of the boardroom where you talk and you speak to all these people from the city. But the fact is that we've got to do something because at the end of the day, we ain't paying £30 million for any player or £10 million or £20 million, and these guys are doing it. So what we're doing, and let's, let's just have a look around the league to see how we're going to do it, because at the end of the day, I mean, I was having a little think about this. I'm thinking, like, we've signed a player, Rico Henry, and he's injured, and he probably won't be playing till Christmas, from what I've heard. Maybe a little bit before, but he's going to be out for a while, but we really rated him, so we've bought him in. Now, to me, we've brought him in, we've got a substitute that's come in, we've brought Kai Kai's coming in as well. We want to do as well as he can. To me, it seems that we are building for the future, we're building for next... We've bought five seasons building for the future, building for possibly for next season. So it's almost like we've got a holding pattern this season, I think. You know, and if we can get ourselves anywhere between sort of kind of seventh and fourteenth or twelfth, that'll do all right because we can build it from there. Um, but while we're doing that, we've got all these other teams spending loads of money and if they don't actually get in the top two, what does that mean? I mean Sav, you've been looking at other teams out there and their transfer malarkey. What's going down? Yeah, I I, I was asked to look at um Leeds United, Rotherham, Preston North End and Blackburn Rovers. Yes. Now, I thought, hold on, he's picking on me because he knows I can't stand his northern monkeys. But it turned out these are the bottom four teams of that division at the moment. So uh, that was quite interesting. But I wanted to pick up on Leeds because Leeds are a big club. We know they're a big club. I mean, champions of Europe and all that. So they, they are a genuine big club. Um, but they haven't got the parachute payments. So they're not as big as your Newcastles and your Villas and even Wolves have probably still got parachute payments. But... Um, but uh, yeah, I want to look at them, and they they've spent a bit of money. They spent three million on uh, Kmo Roof, who we was interested in, mm-hmm. uh, two million on a forward um, Antonsen, who I think is Icelandic, uh, Liam Bridcup from Sunderland for a million, and Luke Hayling from Bristol City. Quite interesting at seven hundred and fifty thousand. We, we were meant to sign him from uh, was it Yeovil or we went to Yeovil from somewhere no, it years was, ago. It, it was Yeovil. It was Yeovil. Yeah, uh, we, we was interested in him and. <laughs> Uh, I actually, um, when he was playing for Bristol City last year, he actually looked quite decent. Um, and they've also got Robert Green, uh, th- 36-year-old from QPR free transfer. Yeah. So, uh, but they've, they've bought in quite a few players, uh, a lot on loan, actually. They've bought uh, one, two, three, four, five, five on loan and three that they've got loaned back. Uh, but they've, uh, they've only spent £7 million, basically. Uh, I say only. 
it doesn't sound like much of Club of Leeds, but they got six, uh, six million back from selling Lewis Cook to, to Bournemouth. But they've got a few um, free transfers in, uh, free transfers out actually. Uh, Antonucci, who's been there for a long time, yeah. they've let him go. Uh, they've let um, uh, Belushi, who, uh, Belushi, Belushi, uh, who, who's been there quite a while as well, centre back, always looked quite decent, but apparently they hate him. Yeah, uh, that's right. They, yeah, they, 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 they really, 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 really don't like him. Uh, so he's he's been let go to Empoli um, on loan. But, but Leeds, I mean, Leeds does interest us to a certain extent because obviously there's the first thing is the Champions of Europe thing. Every time we go up there, we keep reminded that they are the Champions of Europe. So we will never forget that they are actually the Champions of Europe, even though I keep on googling cha- Leeds Champions of Europe and it never seems to come up. But we'll, we'll work on that now. Maybe it's it's latent and maybe it's a bit laggard. Before and, you were born. Yes, probably. Like you know, it's been erased and it's probably on some tablet somewhere under in a rock. Um, but you know, other than that, but also obviously we had a couple of players that went there because they inverted commas wanted to go to a bigger side, which was um, you know, which, which was Tamani and, and Dallas. And this is not knocking them because every player's got to move on stuff like that. But we thought that was quite interesting because at the time, you know, because at the time we were like, you know. We were just um, we were thinking we were looking at them and we were thinking mm, we can't really compete. But as it goes now, it's it, it looks like you know to be honest, Leeds are just floundering around. Don't you think so? I mean, they got a bit of money here there, but you know, I mean, not be funny. We look, we talk about their manager again now, and, and and how soon is it before he's going to get sacked? Which is a completely ridiculous situation. Well, we've been in the championship for two whole seasons and finished above them twice. Uh, I think that probably gives you an idea of how they're messing up. Because they've got the money, you know they could be a Sheffield Wednesday, you know they've got the money that they, you know they've got the power because you know they they bought Kmaru for three million. We couldn't touch him, and we was interested in him. We can get couldn't get anywhere near that. So they've got they've got the money power, but they you know they don't know what they're doing because they've got the mad owner, and they're they're just uh, hoping that Gary Monk will s- sort things out. You know, be a sort of steady face, but you know he could easily just lose him. You know, just get rid of him because the the owner's mental. Nick, I mean, I know you're, you've got to really be in your bonnet about these uh, the clubs and, and, the, and the divide in our, in our league. And your thoughts, are just having a look around what's been going on. Yeah, I've been, I've been taking a particular look uh, at a few clubs, but Derby in particular caught my uh, eye today because um, earlier they uh, transferred uh, their midfielder Jeff Hendrick to Burnley for what the BBC reported as a £10 million fee. Burnley... Three hours after this was reported on the BBC, tweeted, delighted to sign Jeff, ha- uh, Jeff Hendrick for, a, for our club record undisclosed fee. Don't let me started about these bloody undisclosed fees. It is ridiculous. If, if you look through the transfer listing windows tonight, almost every single uh, fee, apart from us actually for a change, is, is down as undisclosed and it really is distorting the market. I mean in Derby's case it will be, it, you know, they, they sign Vidra from Watford for 8 million on Saturday so they've got, you know, 10, 10 million back of, of Hendrick to Burnley. I mean they were apparently uh, not interested in, in, in the Chesterfield player that we were but then they also let their uh, goalkeeper Lee Grant go on, on to Stoke um, so big, big changes and apparently um, the latest rumours are um, and I'm reading this off Twitter tonight is that uh, from the Derby Telegraph is that Chris Martin is going to go to Fulham on loan 
so. I mean, Derby seem to be playing an interesting game. They obviously feel that Vidra is the man that will see them um, getting up and uh, into the playoffs again, at least into the playoffs again. Whereas um, Chris Martin, I think, will be a decent signing for Fulham. Anyone? I mean, anyone be looking at Fulham because. Yeah. Yeah, um, you, look, you look a bit depressed there, lady. Well, a, a little bit depressed because they, they, they seem to be in kind of proper full rebuilding mode now after, after messing and flirting around with relegation for a couple of years, teasing us, some would say. Um, they look like they're going to be absolutely nowhere near the drop zone this year. They've, they've invested fairly heavily over the summer and this window particularly. They're even talking, you know, apparently... Adebayor was was in was was you know is rebuffed the the, the rumours himself, but um, uh, he's he you know they're, they're talking about players like that. You can only imagine what kind of wages he was on. They've signed this Niskins Cabano from Gont for three point eight three million. Um, they've literally just signed Lucas Piazon from Chelsea as a forward. Um, so um, although Richard Stedman Stearman sorry has gone back to Wolves, which He's a bit of a strange one. He paid two million quid for him last summer. He's played 32 appearances, which is you know astronomical. It's about 60, 63 thousand pounds per game that works out to. Um, and they're also, as, as 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 I just heard, you know, they're in talks with Chris Martin. Um, so not not content with a pathetic Jackson Michael Jackson statue, they want a Coldplay one as well. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, oh look, we're going to try and see if we can go to actually Carl Hutchins at um, the Hutchie man. The Hutchie, Hutchie, are you on there? Hi, mate. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Hutchie's going to join us in the bar today, but he had a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a. He, he was doing some sort of work. He was a presentation. And he was doing some sort of official business, so he wasn't able to make it. But he got him on the end of the line. And uh, I'm listen, joined, I'm, joined, I'm joining you from my bar, mate. That's I'm right, mate. I'm now in the bar, so it's all good. That's right. So you're in your bar, we're in our bar. Carl Hutchins, ex-Brentford player as well, also done agency bits and pieces and as well, as a lot of people may not know as well. Antonio, who uh, used to play for um, Nottingham Forest and uh, obviously um, Reading before that as well, but he was actually introduced to Brentford by Hutchins, Carl Hutchins, who said, listen, Brentford, you must sign him. For various reasons, it never happened. And as people might know, that Antonio, who plays for West Ham now, got his first, uh, well, he's got his first England call-up. So uh, congratulations to you, Mr Hutchie, for having the eagle eye out there. You must be very proud. You know what? I am, mate, I am, because um, when I first saw him saw him play, mate, under-17, in a Mitchum, um, I saw a kid as raw as possible, as raw as could be. But what I saw him do with the ball was unbelievable, which is why I sort of like knew I had to kind of like grab him there and then, and kind of like I took him to um, Billy Smith, who was the first team manager at the time at Tooting at Mitchum, and then um, and then from there I thought oh, Brentford has got to grab this kid. But like I said, it was so raw that you know you, I could see things with it in him, which I suppose just in, in a 45-minute pre-season match, you know, for Brentford or whatever it was. Uh, and Andy Scott probably probably had to make a decision there and then, which um, obviously turns out later on that, uh, you know, keeps playing for England. So what can you say? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the difficult thing as well, you know, when, when people go and scout sort of 45 minutes and, and, and 90 minutes at a time, you can't necessarily get the vibe for a player where you've got to be seeing them over a period of time or you get to be getting a lot of feedback from people over a period of time or probably doing a lot of research on people over a period of time because you can, you know, you might be watching somebody and they'll have their off day or they might be sick or just can't be bothered on that one day. Isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for, 
like you said, I think that's why now with this, um, with the deadline day and with all this sort of like buying and selling now, I think what happens is a lot of these boy, a lot of these guys are being watched over a long, long period of time. So that's why all of a sudden they can say, yeah, we're going to offer thirty million pounds for an individual player. And a lot of people will say, well, who the hell is he? You know, he's come from I don't know the middle of Africa in in, in, in some team that no one's ever heard of. Oh, but you know these are so big now they've got their scouts out there and um, you know players are being watched over a long period of time. I mean, so I mean, so deadline day for Brentford. They made a couple of signings already today. Um, as you know, and I know you keep in tune with Brentford. You go down there every now and again. We saw you down at Fulham last season. Saw you a few games actually last season as well. And I know yeah. you're hoping to make it down at Griffin Park this season. This season we've been lacking a little bit of the old cutting edge. So we got um, we've just got Sully Kai Kai, who we had um, um, Kevin Day from the Five Year Plan fanzine from Crystal Palace, who told us all about him. And he's very very sad to see him go. He's uh, he's a he's a striker normally, but he also plays on the wing very strong and very fast and we've also got Rico Henry who's injured at the moment now but we're still happy to pay 1.5 million pounds for him possibly rising up to 5 million pounds if everything goes right for uh, Rico Henry signed him from Walsall so he's out for a few months maybe you know as far as up until Christmas but Rico Henry is on the cards as well so this hopefully was going to add a little bit of an extra to Brentford so from what you've seen from them how do you think these guys will add to our side well I think, um, you know, Dean, Dean Smith knows what he's doing. Um, he's been around the league for a long time. He obviously knows um, uh, that Henry from Warsaw, isn't it? That, that, that's right, isn't it? That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he obviously knows him from probably, um, you know, maybe coaching him in the past and stuff. So um, certainly, um, uh, is it Kiki Kai? Kai Kai. Kai from Palace. From Palace. He's going he's gonna to introduce a lot of uh, probably pace and power and, and um, you know, probably be a little bit more direct um, for for the bees. So, you know, hopefully they're really they're really strengthening things up. Strengthening things up, and also, I mean, we've been looking around, and, and I know that you've got a, a broader view since you've left, so you're not necessarily inverted commas lower division. You look around. I mean, deadline day for you. I know you've been doing your other bits and pieces, but what's caught your eye today, Hutchie? Um, well, the big one, I suppose, David Louise back to Chelsea. Um, you know, that's obviously uh, uh, interesting. Um, Jack Wilshire to Bournemouth, you know that's really interesting. Considering he had so many, um, so many clubs wanting him, very surprised that he chose Bournemouth out of the um, the number of uh, clubs that he had. So that that was quite interesting. Really surprised to see Joe Hart. I know that I think that was yesterday. Uh, go to Torino, you know that that's just come out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Um, so so that 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 was really interesting as well. Um, but you know what? Even in the championship, I'm looking around and it's like uh, Bristol City. Who was it they sold someone? 15 million? That's right, yeah. To, to, uh, to Aston Villa. Khadija, Khadija, yeah, he, he signed for 15. I mean, Villa, I mean, they signed him only a year ago as well. They got him for 2 million from France, I think it was as well. Yeah. yeah. He played 50 games, he scored 20 goals, and Villa have bought him for 15 million. Hmm. I mean, that just shows the kind of craziness within the market at the moment. Indeed, and we're going to be talking about the craziness in the market a little bit later in this podcast as well. But yes, and now you know the pain that we have because we're talking about the fact is that how can Brentford compete against something like that? You know, we go, wow, we've just bought a player for one and a half million, which is a, a lot of money for us. But, you know, we've got teams inside that that are spending sort of silly sorts of money. And how really can we compete, Hutchie? You know what? I think for teams like, uh, like Brentford, the... the you compete by really building a, a, a fantastic kind of inner 
um, spirit within the club, you know, and, and, and within the team, within the dressing room. And having a really good sort of like, you know, system and, and all the boys really understanding that system. So no matter who you put in there, you're playing for each other, you know, and it's, 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 it's kind of like one for all and all for one mentality. Rather than having a £15 million striker who might just be more interested in banging in his own goals and not playing for his teammates, you know? I think teams like Brentford really have to build on that inner spirit, the inner team spirit, the inner, the inner club spirit, you know? It's a, it's, a, it's a small club considering they're in the championship. Got great fans and just have to really... You know, build on that side of things. And is that something that you had when you were at Brentford? So is that something that kind of got the team to pretty much, you know, near to well, near to the division we're in now because you got to the playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, I would say for the team that we had um, at times, because obviously the team the team went up and down quite a bit. You know, we had players coming and going quite often. With Webby in charge, he'd always sort of like bring some players in and then vlog a few. Um, but there were certain times when we had a team when I'd look around and think, Jesus Christ, we're going to really struggle here. But considering because we all played for each other and we all sort of like, you know, no one was really any better than anyone else. We just really dug out for each other and really worked hard for each other. We kind of um, surpassed where, you know, where probably on paper we should have been, you know. And Webby had a great, um, one thing Webby was great, he had a great ability of bringing out the best in players. That probably and making them play probably a little bit better than what they actually probably were. So I mean, so I mean, you're a man with an experience in that. You're a man who made a decision to take these kids and put them. I remember you saying to me, you're putting all these kids into Reading, including Antonio, as you said. So what is your advice on Brentford? I know you said to build the spirit. What one thing can they do? to kind of get that so that we've got that advantage? Is it employing a particular person or is it... What, what one thing can they do? Well, without knowing the structure of, of, of how the club is at the moment, I mean, I know a couple of... Um, there's been a lot of uh, talk recently and I know a couple of boys who are in the Brentford Academy, um, which has obviously just been disbanded. Hmm. So without actually knowing their structure, I mean, you know, look, the chairman's a very, very clever guy, you know, and, and I read some things... Um, that he does, and I'm thinking, you know, that's that's different. But he wouldn't be where he is today if he wouldn't, if he, if he didn't have his headspace on, didn't, you know, and he, and he didn't know what he was doing. So, I would say, really, it's about trusting um, and really bringing through some fantastic quality players, and um, and really from from uh, Dean Smith's point of view, of really just having the, uh, I don't know, having the uh, having the guile to really throw them in, you know, when, when they can be thrown in. Because obviously you can't just throw in young players or, or, or inexperienced players all at the same time all at once. But, you know, just having trust in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in some of the younger players as well as mixing it with um, the more experienced players. OK, so looking at the team and looking at what we're doing now, where do you think realistically we should be aiming for this season as a, as a league position? Look, I think championship is getting more and more difficult every season you know you're talking about clubs like Aston Villa buying players for 15 million you know you're talking big, big clubs now in the championship um, if Brentford can be anywhere around the middle of the table you know whilst they're you know they're, they're, they're still getting planning permission and stuff through on this on the new stadium and stuff I think that's realistic I think that's very realistic um, uh, you know and I think Brentford will be doing really really well with that if they can pull that off 
Okay. Listen, what Hutchie. Do you think, Billy? What do you think? Listen, I, 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 I thought I, I said six beforehand, but now I'm thinking I need to get a bit of a realism pill, and I'm thinking again, sort of kind of top ten would be a, a fantastic result for us. As long, but as long as we're building for next season, and to be quite honest with you, for me, I'd like us to be seeing us buying our own players for next season. It, it's great getting all these loan players in, but I just get really peed if when I see them leaving at the end of the season to go somewhere else because somebody else can pay more money for them, and I much rather us either develop our own players, bring them through, have a bit of patience or buy our own players and then have a bit of patience until we can develop them and take them through. And that's going to take a couple of years, but that's where I think it, it, it needs to go with us. Yeah, so, I, I, I would agree. I think a top 10 position, top 10 finish for Brentford this season is fantastic. Um, you know, and, and, and without breaking any, 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 any crazy banks, you know, you, at the moment, talking about rebuilding and, and, and doing a, this new stadium, that's going to cost a lot. That's right. Money. You know, and the that's last thing we want to do is um, uh, be spending out loads of money on on, 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 on the pitch and not being successful, um, and it jeopardising what's going on with the new stadium and stuff. That's right, that's right. So listen, Hutchie, wicked, great talking to you again, and thanks very much for you. And also, I know that you were one of the very first players to come and do the hang the BJ thing, which has got us has always got us chuckling every time we hear that one. That was absolutely yeah. brilliant, hang the DJ, hang the BJ when you did your little thing there the Cheers, other day. Hutch. Yeah, all the boys always a pleasure, yeah, mate. Cheers, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Good on you, mate. Cheers. That's, that's, that's no right, guys. See, see, see you down at Griffin Park. Come, come down and have a beer with us. Come down and have a beer with us, mate. You know exactly where we drink as well. We're down the globe as well, yeah. No worries, mate. Okay, cool. wicked. Right, nice one. Bye, right, guys. Bye, bye. That was Carl Hutchins, ex-Brentford player. He's given us a little bit of a lowdown. Good guy, Hutchie, as well, and he knows what he's talking about. And, uh, yeah, he still loves the bees as well. But, look, we're going to go back into a little bit of a musical interlude. We're talking about Hang the BJ again now. Going around the table again, we've got the Dutchman, who's going to give us his musical lowdown on the tune that reminds him of Brentford FC. Thanks, Pete. But a bit like the Allies, I don't really have that music football crossover too much. And so there's obvious choices, you know, London Calling, the Hard Fire, Hard to Beat, etc. But I thought I'd go for something in... in the in, in tribute to fanzines everywhere, really, being part of this besotted crew for a long, long time. Um, you know, I could have done Hey Jude, but that goes on for about 27 minutes and we haven't got that long. Um, could have done Voice of the Beehive, but they weren't really very good. And there ain't no songs about besotted as far as I know. So one of my favourite songs of one of the best albums ever, The Queen Is Dead, um, I've Gone For The Boy, With A Thorn In His Side. In tribute to fanzines everywhere. Racist fanzines
with the thorn in his side. The Dutchman's hang the DJ. And to be fair, Dutchman, I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to pull you up on this, mate. Where's I heard it through the grapevine? Yeah, but you're getting a bit technical there, paper based. Come on. Uh, I did start it actually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But listen, look, look, but that's that's not okay. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in I heard it through the grapevine and as well um and, and the other ones actually is too difficult actually I don't know songs for that we could probably sit down and have a pub quiz about that as, as to other songs that we can have and, uh, and, and name well if someone can come up with one for Bisotti then please do that because I did desperately rack my brain trying to think of one but they were getting very very tenuous so <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a quiz for the viewers and my listeners that's right so look anyway we're going to come back to the subject of the day which is deadline day transfer deadline day there's half an hour left of deadline day and then it's all over are we going to get somebody else coming they've all told us that there's no more transfers coming at Brentford but you never know last minute I mean we've got somebody who might be knocking on Phil Giles' door at the moment now saying actually please 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 I want to sign for you I mean we know there's a few players that do want to sign for us I don't know what the hell's going on there um, in the fact that their clubs wouldn't allow them or their agents wouldn't allow them their mum wouldn't allow them to come down but look you know you never know there's half an hour left to go but we're going to come back to we were talking about that big clubs we've been trying to hold ourselves back from big clubs and how the big clubs seem to be kind of flipping the, the sides and I know Allard have got a couple of big clubs on his list of so-called big clubs um, are big clubs are, are, are they due to the fact that they're in the Premier League or are they due to the fact that they get 30,000 fans what makes a club a big club because apparently Leeds United are a big club because they're champions of Europe but we finished above them. So does that make us a bigger club than Leeds? I don't know. The Allard, tell us about your big clubs. Let's, let's, let's talk about spending a billy. So I, I'll quickly start with the small clubs. Burton didn't do a lot, but they haven't sold anybody. They haven't been forced to sell anyone, so that's kind of good news. Um, Ipswich... They, they bought one of our old players, didn't they? They did, but what I'm saying is they haven't been forced to sell anyone. Is, oh, no, no, is, is who, who did they buy? They bought Darius Charles, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yes. No, no, they've moved him on. No, they moved Darius Charles oh, they moved on. Him on. Oh, they moved yeah, him on, they moved him on. Yeah, but... But not for, a, but but they haven't been forced to sell players, okay. you know, or it would appear not quite 15 million. No, um, so um, <clears throat> so um, I, I picked up Ipswich. Um, Ipswich. Um, I mean, they did a great bit of business, I reckon, selling Daryl Murphy for to Newcastle. He's 33 years old and he's gone for over two and a half million, which could go to higher than that. Um, and he's 33, so I, I think that's that's pretty good business for Ipswich. Um, I, I, I then had the, I also had the unpopular bees player club, which was Reading. Um, and they got John Swift in, which we've spoken about before. I also noticed they got Liam Moore in um, for 850 grand. Oh, they bought him? Yeah. So someone's actually I, bought him? I, well, that's, that's, that's what I picked up, yeah. Um, for 850 grand? Yeah, well, that's like picking up a bargain basement. Uh, well, you know, that's well, like going to well. the store. Yeah, maybe he was always played on the wrong side. Who knows, anyway. Um, and, 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 that, and it was probably an undisclosed fee, but, that, but that's what I picked up somewhere. Um, and then, so, so the opposite to Reading is Norwich, who picked up the popular ex-Brentford players, 
um, Canos and Pritchard, and, and they're a club that are spending money. They're spending big money, and they're they? spending big money, um, and there's obvious reasons for that. And they're spending uh, it well. Do you think? Um, can it, well. I, th- I would suggest that we'd all have taken Canos at the price they paid for him if we could have afforded him. Um, Pritchard was a, was probably a lot of money, but I, I think there's still plenty of B supporters that think he'd be worth that. Whether I don't I don't think we could we were we're nowhere near being in that market, um, in my opinion. Um, and then I had Aston Villa, and Aston Villa um, have somehow they spent 50 million it would appear in this transfer window. Okay, they've got something like 15 million in. That's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's on a level that, that us around this table supporting Brentford can't even begin to think about it. I think 30, something like, I don't know, half of that was on two players, Ross McCormack and Jonathan Khadija. So it's not like they've signed a whole team for that money. Um, and, and it just is, it just shows you that, they you know, we, we cannot... Signed, they also signed Albert Adamoa today from, from Middlesbrough. Well, and and I haven't even factored him in, so you know more money. It's just it's just a, it's it's an it, 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 it's crazy stuff. Um, and I and I you know I know Nick at the other end of the table is 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 ready to talk about crazy crazy transfer prices and and where we are. And it just it, it, it's I, I think it's getting out of control. Um, and I also should just throw in as as my other little annoyance that goes against clubs like us. I don't want to be a big whinger, but. This this loan thing now also finishing on transfer deadline day, I think you know it it it's just another thing that plays against clubs like us because because we cannot afford to have players on big money sitting around not playing whereas it would appear a number of these clubs can and now we can't even dip into the loan market if we get a couple of injuries. I'm going to make a big call. Is that I actually I don't think that Brentford will ever get promoted um, out of the Championship because I just don't think we'll ever be in the position to compete with the money that's going around. There has been a... Is that, sorry, is that ever or is that within the next 10 years? Uh, within my lifetime, which... In the next probably, two years. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is definitely probably the next 20, 25 years. Um, I think there is, you know, the, the, a billion pounds has been spent in the Premiership this transfer win- window, a billion pounds. It is obscene sum of money to spend on football and on footballers. It's, it doesn't make sense at all. We've got Sissoko pissing around, flitting between Everton and Tottenham. And Everton, because he w- Everton have just withdrawn their interest now. Oh, well, there we go. Everton, uh, breaking news, Everton have withdrawn their interest. That's because Sissoko wants to go and live in London. £30 million Newca- Newcastle have got. For, for a player. There is just simply no way that Brentford are ever going to be able to compete with that unless, and this is where, I think I've said this before, and this is where we've got to be very careful about what we wish for, is that unless we get external support. New stadium isn't going to give us uh, the money and the power to transfer. What is going to do is, is it, some overseas owner may decide to come in and, and make a bid for Brentford. Until that day, with gums, we are not going anywhere. OK, I mean, we're going to come back to that point in just a minute, because whether or not it's an owner on his own, whether or not we spare chest the load, whether or not we get investment in, that's a different story. But what I'm going to say to you, when you ever look at the league, I mean, I know that we went up to Huddersfield at the first game of the season and they beat us and we thought, oh no. 
But, I mean, to be quite honest, don't you look at the league and don't you actually feel a little bit happy for Huddersfield? Because aren't you happier the fact that Huddersfield are at the top of the league and Barnsley are near the top of the league than, than your, you know, your Aston Villas and your Norwiches and all these teams that are... I mean, I know it's very early days, but don't you, don't you think so? It is very early days, and I would suggest to you looking at the way that Huddersfield plays, and I've actually been keeping an eye on them because I was impressed when we went up there and saw that the way that, that the Wagner had got them playing. But I think they'll run out of steam. I don't think... You know, they may do a Leicester. They may be the Leicester of the Championship this year, but I'd be surprised. I think they'll probably run out of steam post-Christmas. But they play good football, and also they haven't got a trailer load of money. So what I'm coming back to, and I'm being devil's advocate here, is that you're saying, oh, we can only go up if we've got loads of money. But no, you don't have to go up if you've got loads of money. What you need to do is you need to have the right players, you need to have the right manager, and also, as Hutchie said a bit earlier, you need to have the right attitude within your camp. Because Newcastle could spend... Hundred million pounds, but if they've got a load of mercenaries out there, to be quite honest with you, they can they're going to get done every other week. That's always going to be the problem with the bigger clubs if they're going to get players that want to come to them for the huge wages. It's where it's down to the coach or the manager to see if he can sort of motivate that squad of players. What the Wagner revolution at Huddersfield, he got a lot of players in very early, and where we weren't able to do that similarly last year when we got a lot of foreign players in. Dykehausen wasn't able to, to get that squad to gel from the get-go, Wagner has. Um, and, you know, he, he was quite clear in the, the latter stages of this window that he was going to be reactive rather than active. And, you know, he, he's quite happy with, with the squad of players he's got there. I, 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 I agree that they won't last, you know, in the same way Brighton didn't last season. Um, you know, and Reading didn't last season. We, they're going to they're gonna be really okay and they're in a great position for the next three or four years Barnsley are another club that we need to be looking at as, as you know as Brentford fans they're kind of technically bigger than us but they've they've come up from a from a, the league below they're, they've had a good start they play good attacking football they're scoring goals that, that well that, that's that's what it is that they've they've kept that momentum going they scored lots of goals in the tail end of last season that saw them beat Millwall in the playoff final they continue that through you know we we we've kind of we've kind of run out of steam from that momentum from coming up. We need to rebuild and go again. And hopefully, this last last couple of injections today might help us do it. I, I still think tenth, eleventh, twelfth this year is is, is really going to be the best the best that we can achieve. The thing to remember around the money, of course, is that one massive payment out equals someone else's massive payment in. And so, whilst the numbers are going up and up and up, the money's circulating within the game, and that's what's funding it. So. When Newcastle presumably bank their £30 million from Spurs later on this evening for, for Sissoko, that's already been spent and the money goes round and round and round and you almost need that, it's almost like a lucky cup draw where you get Man United away. You get that one player that, that gives you enough money to help you compete in it and you get you get sucked into it and the money goes round and round and round and the, the values go up and up and up. Um, do you need to spend that much money is a different question. You know, I, I'm personally quite comfortable with Brentford's current methodology. I think we were right to spend a little bit of money today. As I said, uh, you know, another player would have been good as well, I think, but that shows the right thing and the sort of level that we're at. But you know, we're not talking £30 million, and to be honest, I don't think any of us want to be. I think I think the, the one-off big player so, so is fine, and it could happen to us, and it has happened, really, with Gray. And we might even get an even bigger one, but I think it's going to be a one-off and not something you can build your club around for three, four, five years. And I think the, the lucky promotion is getting further and further away. The more clubs that come down with parachute payments, the more big clubs screw up in the Premiership and come down anyway, I think the harder it's going to be for us to get anywhere near the top two. 
and you know the top six is getting even even harder now much much harder but listen let's let's just cut back and let's just have another little musical interlude hang the bj we're going to go around the table again it's the liberal nick who's going to come with his little hang the bj choice yeah mine is uh, bruce springsteen the ties that binds not only because bruce springsteen is one of the best storytellers that there is out there but also that uh, he released this album in 1980 and i'd been flirting before 1980, I'd flirted with other West London teams. I'd been to Chelsea, I'd seen QPR play, I'd seen Brentford play. It was whoever was playing at home in West London on, on the Saturday. Um, but the 1980, I then moved away for a, for, a, for a couple of years. 1980, the album The River came out. It was just superb. And then back in 1982, and I thought, you know, there are the ties that bind, and Brentford was going to be my club. And f- ever since then, haven't been to any other, haven't watched live any other club apart from Brentford, because the ties that bind are the ones that stay with you forever. So a bit romantic and a bit, you know, having been down about where Brentford will go in the future, but the ties that bind are very strong for me with Brentford, so let's have them. Hang the BJ there with the Liberal Nick and his Bruce Springsteen selection. 
coming back to transfer deadline day as well, like we're going to go back in history now because we want to lighten things up a little bit because we need to listen and think back, Brentford fans. I know a lot of you have been tweeting in earlier or on Facebook as well telling us what your favourite or what your favourite and also what your worst deadline day transfers were for Brentford and I know we've had loads of answers for that actually it's actually made us really chuckle um, I, I know some people mentioned <laughs> F and Okoku who um, most of us can't actually remember him actually turning out in a Brentford shirt um, I know a lot of people get really excited who else was there Laney could you remember well I'm, I'm going for, I'm going for a few people's suggestions here um, the, the, the utter confusion apparently of signing a 35 year old Javi Venta is, is, is up there with uh, with up there with Tom Cox. Who, who said who said that? Um, Tom Cox at yeah. at, at Comtox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good good job. I didn't have another pint. Yes. Um, the the worst the worst feeling is probably selling DJ Campbell just just days after the amazing game against Sunderland. He was promising so much for us. Matt Wilkins said on Twitter. Um, Brentford Bob um, said Effenakuku. Um, uh, Boyle, um, Boyle42634, said Trotter coming back on dead, deadline day in 2013. Twitter went into absolute meltdown. All ended well, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said afterwards it was a divisive divisive moment. Marmite. Marmite. Uh, Marmite. Well, not only that, yeah, I mean, but obviously, you know, the, the penalty miss against Doncaster, but then he, he scored against Orion, which kind of redeemed it to a certain extent. Um, and then someone said, Wojtek Szczesny signing on loan at the death. I was ecstatic. And the one and only Neil Shipperley arriving. <laughs> which, um, the ship. The ship has thankfully sailed. <laughs> um, the Liberal. Yeah, on, on Facebook, Charlie McGrath talked about being proper excited when I heard we signed Steve Perriman and Mickey Droy on the same day, <laughs> which is, is, is good knowledge. And worst, But the worst for Charlie McGrath was hearing on the radio we had sold Nicky Forster, which broke up the FT index, which I think is, is one that we can all live with. Uh, Murray Jones being signed. Was, was it, yeah, was it's funny, because, again, we talked about this, because we forgot to ask Hutchie, but I'm sure there wasn't, there wasn't a transfer deadline day back in those days so I can't even remember what used to happen did you just buy players willy-nilly just like you know I'm not doing very well so I'm going to buy another player how did it work yeah the transfer deadline only came in in 82 83 seasons so I mean you know before that 82 92 2002 2002 sorry did I say 82 yeah showing my age here folks yeah that's right yeah 2002 so so you know, before then, you could buy players when you liked. You know, just dipped in your pocket and offered a, offered a few fivers out of the back pocket into their uh, brown envelopes, and off you went. So, so in effect, that was even but, worse with the big teams, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. But but the best one as well is um, Liam Turpin, who said, "I was beyond excited." For the prospect of Betty Tino joining us, can you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, he, he, that's right. He tweeted a photograph of him from the plane, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Here, here I am. Yeah, I'm yeah, off yeah, to Brentford." Yeah. Like you know, say, uh, the big secret was out, sort of like hours before, like anyone was meant to know. Um, and he actually never saw a minute of anything because apparently he was rubbish. He, he, he came on as a yeah. He, uh, he, he, he got ten minutes he? as a sub in, in his yeah yeah he joined us and then got ten minutes in as the a JPT sub. or something. No, it was in a league game. He oh, got really? thrown in. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh, definitely. Yeah yeah, 100%. yeah yeah hundred percent. 
Touchman. Uh, my, my two worst ones. One is um, the besotted Sunday team signing Marinus Jake Housen about an hour before he was sacked. <laughs> <laughs> which is a true story. True, which is a true story. And one, and one that's not so true is me being on holiday being told we'll just sign DN Dublin by someone around this table who won't be named, Sav, uh, and, and Mr. Restall. And I spent the rest of the night telling all the man you guys at the bar and everybody else that we just signed DN Dublin were a force to be reckoned with just to find out that there wasn't a grain of truth in it. So, yeah, I mean, my, my worst one was the last transfer window when we were so short on announcing any news um, during on transfer deadline day, we, we decided to announce that our big signing was Jermaine Udemaga had come back after completion of his loan spell from Wickham. <laughs> Bill, a very similar one was um, the last, the, the, our, our, our fated visit to the Championship or Division 1 last time. Our big signing on transfer deadline day was... Drum roll, Bob Booker coming back, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh God, really?" We were pleased to get rid of him the first time. <laughs> uh, Booker was good in his day, in the early days, like you know. But anyway, look, we're going to come back again, just breaking things up a little bit. Hang the BJ, and um, actually, it's me, my little hang the BJ moment. Um, my little hang the BJ moment is a track by the specials called a message to you Rudy and the reason why this always reminds me of Brentford is back in the day when I used to run all the coaches all the illegal coaches and we used to stop off at little pubs in the middle of nowhere used to pile out and all the coach what coach yeah, what coach? That's true, actually. No. And uh, all the locals are very scared. They're like, oh, no, what it is. And then within 10 minutes, they loved us because we went there. And we were all good characters. And, you know, we we're talking about people from the New Road, the people from the, the Paddock area. All of us used to all come together. We used to have a right good laugh. And then, uh, as probably people know, I'm a piano player as well. So I used to get on the piano because there was always a piano in the pub in the middle of nowhere. And I used to start, start knocking off a message to you, Rudy. But I flipped the tracks and I basically all the verses had a Brentford player in it so a message to you you know smiley a message to you and you have to be there but basically that was the tune and everyone like you know the locals and everyone like that used to sing along to a message to you so that really really does remind me of Brentford Right out, creating problems. 
for, for all the Rude Boys out there, message to you, Rudy. Big, big, big tune for me. As we did, as I said, all the pubs around the country, they probably remember that bloke that used to sit on the piano with loads of football fans singing a message to you, Rudy. But it was a right old giggle. Um, good thing there weren't video fans back in the day because I'm sure there'd been loads of videos of that as well. But look, we're going to, we're sort of ending up now a little bit, you know, we're coming to the end of the transfer deadline day, but the boys are going around the table just to see if there's been any other activity going down. Nick? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the best one is that Newcastle have transferred out for £60 million the midfielders that got them relegated last season. I mean, Mike Ashley must be laughing on the other side of his face, unfortunately, because he's a pretty nasty character by all sounds of it. And the other thing is, looking back, is that, that Norwich, Blackburn, Hull, all these teams are bringing in players for vast sums of money... Blackburn, Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackburn, Blackburn, assi- Blackburn are signing players, and I, that's what I want to know: is how have Blackburn got the money to sign these players? That's his feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues down at Blackburn as well. The Vinkies are not very popular at all. Um, and they're not very popular at all, um, and and they've they've signed. You know, they, they they've sold you know quite a few players. They're not doing the business as well. So, I mean, I mean, Laney, have you have you been looking at the Blackburn activity? I've, no, I haven't been looking at Blackburn. Um, I've, I've, I've been looking at I've been looking at, Q, I've been looking at QPR. Um, QPR, another one that seemed to be uh, start, starting to look. They're starting to look in the kind of places that we were looking last season, signing players from uh, Anderlecht and uh, and Mets. That they're all they're all kind of they're all going a bit continental. Um, I think um, Idrissa Sila they bought in from Anderlecht for almost two million quid. Um, another another out and out striker. So you know, they, they brought they've got competition there for, for Sebastian Porter and Connor Washington. Um, you know they, they're going for goals. They, a lot of teams in our division now are going for attacking football. Um, we need to get back to ourselves. At the end, at the I know you're having a little peep around the leagues there as well. I'm I'm sort of um, I'm, I, I feel like I've been sort of drawn into this tonight because. Normally on transfer deadline day, normally I try and no, I don't try and not be in the country. I happen not to be in the country and I miss it all. Um, because no, no, because I kind of think that all you hate it basically, don't you? I do hate it because I think actually. So do the, I. I. I reckon all the deals are done by probably the weekend, and then they just have a little script they run at Sky Sports announcing them. Um, that's kind of my theory. Um, but and I think I think what's interesting though is that if I if I am going to play the game and, and run with this actually happening as we're watching it, <laughs> is that the loan deals are going through now because obviously you know there are you know Barnsley have just picked up Sadie Janko from Celtic. Um, we've just seen Blackburn bringing in um, a player on loan. Um, um, Mnes as, as we were just talking about, and I know, and it sort of feels like you know there's. The, so maybe this is kind of going on and the fax machines are firing away. I mean, my player, as you know, the player that I look after, the player, yeah, the, yeah, the player that I was looking after, you know, he was meant to be signed to Celtic as well, you know, well, Will, Will Grigg, yeah. Well, well, it, it, well let, let, I mean, they've just, they've just let a player... Oh, he's a right-back, so no, that hasn't made room for Will Grigg, sorry yet. No, 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 but we've right. still, got, we've yeah, still got six minutes to go. We've got six minutes to go. I, I can't... I mean, obviously, I'm not allowed to tell you, you know... Oh, oh, yeah, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now that is one thing I've picked up. Is I mean, this really pisses me off with Sky because they just what they did put on their website much earlier is the the PL transfer window shuts at eleven o'clock, but Scotland stays open till midnight. Now I don't know what PL stands for. Obviously. Um, so what about the rest of us? Does that is that we not we not part of this Sky? 
Because that's exactly what it says on their website. PL deadline, 11pm, midnight in Scotland. What about everybody else? There's also the trailer confirmation program as well. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, so... Sorry, just <laughs> so, so, like I said, to a bit of last-minute I mean, we can see, we can see it all speaking down. There. A bit of last-minute kerfuffle. Nothing happening at Brentford. No smoke coming up at Brentford, like as we, as we said. And you know, the chances are, as we, we said, you know, that it seems like there's no more activity from Brentford. That's what we've heard. But you just never know what may happen at the last minute. On player, I was I, I saw a transfer go from. Uh, Adam Lafondra has gone from Cardiff to Wigan on loan. Yeah. Right, I, I looked at that and thought, I'll take him. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's a proper proper goal scorer, and uh, you know he, he, he's wages, Dave. Wages. Well, you know, yeah, probably. Yeah. But Cardiff, Cardiff have got a big, big wage bill. Mm. And, and, but you know, he's gone to Wigan, so yeah, yeah, they've, no, got, but, they've, they've got money. Yeah, well, because your mate's going. Have they still that. got parachute money, Wigan? I think they do. Anyway, Adam Lafondra is the kind of player that we 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 could do with. But can't afford. Obviously not. Yes, that's right. Listen, we're moving on. We're going to finish this all up now. Like I said to you, Sav, the last man in the circle there, you hang your BJ. Sav, tell us, where did your tune... That reminds you of Brentford. What is it and where did it come from? Uh, mine actually originated last year. I think la- last year was the first time uh, I remember it being played at Brentford. So that's why it reminds me of Brentford. And it's a half-time tune. And it's uh, by the Hives, which are beautifully named, of course. Uh, possibly named by the, uh, by the disease rather than the uh, where bees live. But uh, it's by the Hives and it's called Come On. And it's, play- it's about a minute long. It's very short. And it's played uh, just before uh, we come out for the second half. And I, um, I've been known to pogo to it, and now people start pointing when it comes on at me and expecting me to pogo, and so I often do. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it just just gets gets me in the mood for the second half, and we play better second half, so it must work. Which is true. So, so in the corner there where you can start pogoing, the hives come on. The hives, Savs hang the BJ. So listen, everybody, we come to the end of the evening now. Um, somebody said, "Come on!" And the buff there as well. Amazing. Um, listen, it's been this been a good laugh actually. It's really funny because it's um it's because we've had to concentrate because we're actually live. We probably haven't been as drunk as we normally are with the podcast. Actually, it's, it's almost like we're taking it a little bit too seriously. I don't think I don't think we've spoken as much shit as we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally what we do is we, we get into the pub, we 
get a couple of drinks for about two hours, then we start the podcast, and uh, and then I'll have to go home about two in the morning and try and put it all together and make it actually sound like it's a load of sense. So this has been different and probably good for a lot of people. It's been really good to get a lot of people's feedback on Twitter, on Facebook, and also on the MixLR um, um We've got a live feed there as well, which we've got people sort of chatting to us and stuff. So we've been trying to interact as much as we can do. It's been quite difficult because obviously we're trying to concentrate and do our business here. So thanks very much. We're at the One Over the Eight pub, which is a wicked pub by the river in Brentford. And we've had a great night. They've been brilliant bringing us up the drinks here because obviously we can't go down and bring the, get the drinks because we can't have the gaps because uh, we're doing a live podcast here. But we're just going to be finishing up on transfer deadline day here today and like I said um, it's interesting because we've bought a couple of players I know there's a lot of people within the club who've got uh, a lot of stick over the last couple of weeks last couple of months um, about us not being able to compete not doing the right type of thing I know the Allard talked a bit earlier about he liked the fact that we're actually not doing what say for example Aston Villa are doing where they're just buying anyone you know hook line and sinker and paying a load of money for it but we're looking and particularly just choosing out particular players that we want and paying the price that we want and if we don't get it we won't do it so it's interesting because we know that Rico Henry we weren't after him for two or three weeks ago we've been after him for six seven eight months you know and finally that ship has come in so to me is this kind of indicative of where we have to be and and do in general we just have to be a little bit more patient because for me I'm just seeing the way that this season's panned out earlier and I know that I said we were going to finish sixth and uh, Carl Hutchins asked me, where do I think you're going to finish now? And I've tacked it down to 10th already, even though I think officially it's still got to be 6th. Maybe we have to be a little bit more realistic in our expectations, Sev. Uh, I said 11th at the beginning of the season. I've, the way we've started the season, I think we're going to finish 11th. Uh, so, bully for me. Um, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased with Rico Henry coming in. I'm quite pleased that we've got the winger that we know we need. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Judge, whether he's just going to play the season out or whether we're going to sell him in January. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're in that good upper mid-table position in terms of how we play, uh, the coach coaching we've got and the squad we've got. I still would like uh, another forward, but I think maybe Kai Kai has been known to play there and could be... Uh, someone that sort of fill, fills in if he needs to. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about Judge, and I'm just going to talk about it because we obviously talked about him a lot last week. He was meant to be going to Newcastle, and then he hasn't gone to Newcastle for the reason that he's probably going to be out a lot longer with his injury than they thought. Um, I was thinking about the Judge scenario because obviously we thought, oh, yeah, we're going to be getting some money in. Um, but that money hasn't come in. But then all of a sudden we got a bit of a bonus. You know, we, we, we were around the board in Monopoly. We passed go, and the Alfie Mawson card came in. So all of a sudden Alfie Mawson gets transferred to um, Swansea for five million pounds, which is something else that we may talk about at another podcast. We're talking about you know just just the situation of players who were there who may or may not have passed us by. But forget about that. It looks like we might be getting about a million pounds out of that or 800,000 pounds or I don't know how much it's going to go to the agents but we'll get some money out of that but we didn't think we're going to get because there's no way in the world that they put in the budget oh by the way we were going to get some money like a million pounds for Alfie Mawson which is good so that maybe have gone back into the pots but so the Alan Judge situation which we're not going to get money for him for if we come and in January we're there or thereabouts if Alan Judge comes back into the team actually he's going to boost our team to be quite honest with you, it may almost be better for us. If we were, if we were, say, for example, sixth in January, it's almost better for us not to... I'm just saying, but no, you never know. It's better for us not to sell Alan Judge because you might as well let him go for a free at the end of the season if you're there or thereabouts, as opposed to flog him for a million, you know, or two, a million and a half in January. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? 
there will be people listening to this in bed, and probably they they're going to have sweeter dreams than you are having, Bill, on that one. Because you know, I I think Alan Judge it will 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 disappear in the winter transfer window. I'm sorry again to be down about this, but you know we are competing in a league where players are being offered ridiculous sums of money um, and being paid large uh, salaries and we simply cannot compete with it. I think Brentford have done a very, very well in this transfer window. I think as Brentford supporters, we've got a lot to look forward to in the next three or four months until December. Bring, it, bring on the autumn, bring on the beginning of winter. It's going to be an interesting run through until December. Now, yeah, I just want to emphasise as well, actually, because I'm a bit gutted because obviously we did a lot of our, our transfer deals a bit earlier as well. Um, and so because, you know, we're obviously looking for the big deal. So I'm really gutted that we didn't get all our special effects in. Like, you know, we got the cock growing and also the big teams. We got the cha-ching, <laughs> the cha-chings happening, you know, <laughs> the cha-ching, you know, so we didn't get the cha-chings in there, which is all a bit of a shame because, uh, because this, this transfer window went a little bit too, too well for some people, though, didn't it? Ooh. You know, but Laney. Um, I don't say I don't think it's gone too well. I, th- I think I think we've just done enough to guarantee that we're good enough to stay up again. Um, I, th- I think we'll be upper mid table. Um, I think that's I think for the next few years we need to we need to really kind of work out how how we can evolve and how we can survive at this level. Um, and I think that's all we can really expect for. And I, I know, I, I'm feeling actually quite quite not negative. But I'm I'm feeling quite kind of. Uh, I think that we are slightly, we are. It's evident now we're kind of treading water, punching above our weight. We need, to, we need to kind of just survive in this division, and it's going to start costing us more and more money. Um, just surviving is, is, you know, Rico Henry is, is one and a half million rising to five million quid. You know, that, that's that's the deal that's been 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 publicised today. You know, so we are starting to pay that big money. It may not be all up front, but that the package co- could cost five million in the same way as the Andre Gray package could cost them nine, ten million. You know, we are now looking for windfalls from elsewhere. Mawson, I know the club have been lambasted by some by some people, and I'll, I'll let I'll let Dutchman explain about where where Mawson stands in the pecking order of, of Brentford transfers, but. Mawson had to leave to be able to guarantee, you know, to be able to get that kind of wage, um, get that kind of transfer fee. But he, but he could, yeah, he could say, he would, he you, could say you say that in retrospect, though. No, he wouldn't. He would never be worth five million if he was at Brentford. You know, we, we, but we wouldn't have had Tarkowski, and we wouldn't have had a Podobagio, and we wouldn't have those kind of players. So we've 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 earned our money elsewhere from 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 replacements. You know, he wouldn't have got his chance. The only point I was to make about Mawson was just um, backing up what we're saying about the ludicrousy of the, the transfer market. So if, let's say, we get a million pound for Mawson from a sell-on, he must be in our top five sales ever and never played a league game for Brentford. So just to put the madness into perspective, we could get a million quid for a guy who never played a game. And I can't, off the top of my head, think of people other than Gray, Tarkovsky, Dallas... Odebarjo. Odebarjo, Horiderson. Anyone else for a million? I don't think Will Grigg was Let's quite say million, was it, Bill? Uh, well, Will Grigg, will, 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 will Grigg, you know, just, just, just wait. Uh, top 10 yeah. so transfer ever for a guy who never played a game. That puts oh, for sure, for nonsense sure. into perspective. For sure. But, 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 you, but the point, well made. So, 
So, I mean, the, the, the Allard, as, we, as we're finishing off this, this transfer evening and we feel all a little bit relaxed now, are you, are you comfortable and you're happy with where we are at the moment? Um, two good signings today. Um, I just would like one, one, one more signing just to get us, um, just basically, because um, I just think we need, we need one more player that can play out wide. I'm just a bit, bit nervous about that, but... In general, I predicted 10 for the beginning of the season. I'm probably still going to sit. Might drop us maybe to 12th, something like that. But that's where I am at the moment. So it's not been a bad day. And, and, and no one's gone out. No. You know? no, well, I think no one's gone out is a good thing. And, 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 and I think the club, and I think the club was, um, was looking for a third player, but it didn't quite happen. And we have to have got Ryan Woods on a four-year deal. Again, so it's interesting. These players who we really respect, we think are really good long deals because they probably look at Ryan Woods and they're thinking, look, at the end of the day, is that if... He's as good as he's going to be. Someone's going to come in for him, you know. And at the end of the day, is that if Newcastle come in and they start paying twenty million pounds for someone, I mean, I don't want to sell him, but you know, you've got to have a look at that. And if he's on a four-year deal, then that's the stage. But look, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We've had a great laugh here. The Sotted Pride of West London podcast. This is our transfer deadline day, our first ever live transfer deadline day podcast, coming from one over the eight. Um, in Brentford on the river beautiful pub they've been great they've really taken care of us I said trays of beer have been coming up there and they've sorted us all out and it's been really good and we've had a really nice time so if you're ever in the area come down there say hello tell them that the Besotted Boys sent you here and uh, they may sort you out with a beer but they probably won't because uh, well that's just the way it goes in the beer business isn't it so anyway look you can check us out on besotted.co.uk you can actually hear this podcast back in full as well it's going to be up live probably later or tomorrow <laughs> as soon as I work out how to do it exactly and uh, also you can check out our videos on Besotted 1992 and uh, we've got an international week this week as well which is also very good because what happens is that if you look at our league form we've been so-so we've done alright you know we should have got a point last week and we're sort of languering sort of in mid-table all that however we're coming into an international window and you know what happens after the international window bang Brentford just go absolutely mental so by the time three weeks after this window we'll probably be top of the league so we'll be getting happy for that but listen thanks everybody for listening this is the live besotted pride of west london podcast we've got no game on saturday that's not going to stop us in this pub to actually give our cheer for our boys as we say TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.